Welcome to The Read Along. A mini book club for your ears. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one one chapter chapter at at a time. time. Do you like talking about movies? Do you like talking about mediocre movies? Do you like talking about how you could have fixed mediocre movies? Well, I certainly do, and you can listen to me, Scott C. Bourgeois, along with my co-hosts Greg Beaver and Liam Kreswick, as we give our notes, and I have some notes. You can follow it now on your podcatcher of choice, or support it by visiting patreon.com slash I have some notes. It's always nice to get into a new book. Yeah, there's something that nice, the the crack, right, when you open it up, the new book smell. Yeah, we don't do new books too often on the show. Well, we take our time with our books. Yeah, and that's not to diminish the experience of very slowly digesting the books that we do and languishing in them and spending some time in them. I think that's one of the things that really sets our podcast apart from others but it is always nice to finally like get one done you get that satisfaction of we did it we finished this one we've done our book club and now the additional satisfaction cracking open a new one yeah getting to know some new stuff fresh it'll be good yeah and uh that's what we're doing here with uh with our new one by courtney smith just gonna take a quick look at the about the author sometimes i do a little bit of a deep dive into the author before we like sometimes. get into the novel. I didn't really have the chance this time. Uh, it's we're getting into the holiday season. Had a busy weekend of like shopping and baking. Our apologies, Courtney. We have not researched you very much. Yeah, but uh, we can take a quick look at about the author here. And it says that uh, Courtney Smith is a caffeine fiend. So already big A plus for me. <laughs> One web search away from their newest fixation. Also sounds very much like me. I fall down internet rabbit holes all the time. Oh my god. You and me both. And a writer of stories. So uh, just so far, we're best friends. (laughs) So far. So far, we're best friends. This sounds amazing. Their work has appeared in anthologies before, including Into Chaos and The Last Five Minutes of a Storm, and in Paper Lantern's Literary Journal. They like to write about ghosts and demons and murders, so that seems to all dovetail directly into this book, (laughs) I would presume. And uh, they're from Dublin and currently live and write in the west of Ireland with their partner and their snake. They have a snake? There you go. Steve. Apparently, Steve the snake. I love it. A snick named Steve. Snick. So there we go. A little bit about our author. A little context about them before we move into chapter one of The Undetectables by Courtney Smith. So welcome to... The magical world of the undetectables. (laughs) All right. So this book has an almost James Bondian cold open. Sort of. If this were a spy novel, (laughs) this would be the cold open. It would end, it would go black, and we would hear the opening stings of the James Bond theme. This is a cold open. Kind of, but it is a cold open that has context for the rest of the book. because this is it does. This is Theodore. That we meet in this yeah. chapter. And this is Theodore's murder. Yeah. Which is backstory to, like, we already knew he's a ghost. Yeah. 
who's working with the detective squad. Oh, yeah. The blurb on the back gives just enough away that we know exactly what we're getting into in this opening chapter. Yeah. So, I mean, we go into this chapter knowing he's not going to survive the end of it. Oh, no. For sure. <laughs> it also opens with six years ago. Yeah. So we know <laughs> that this is not where we're going to end up. No. Right? So Theodore, the, what we learn about in this backstory, number one, he's a non-magical person. Yes. An apparent. Yeah. In another canon, he would be known as a mundane. In another, another canon, he would be known as a muggle. Sure. In another, another canon, he would be known as a straight. Yeah. But in this case, he's a regular dude who's not particularly magical, but he's working in Magic Town, basically. Yeah. More or less. I really got the vibe that Racton is kind of like the UK version of Salem if it were real. Sure. Right. Yeah, like it's it's a particularly magical place. Yeah, but like the kind of magic that's a little bit on the dark side, right? Yeah. Fairies and trolls and vampires and demons and... I mean, we don't know if the demons and trolls and vampires and fairies are all pretty cool dudes. Well, they probably are. They, they're throwing a party. Well, they're at a party. <laughs> they're at a party. We don't know the context of the people exactly who are throwing it, except that they are mucky mucks in town. Mm. Quite. Yeah. Um, Theodore, in fact, gets kind of invited against his best wishes. He doesn't particularly want to be there. He's not exactly a party animal, but he works for the mayor's office. And as a representative of the mayor's office, it's kind of expected that he's going to be at, like hobnobbing and rubbing shoulders at this party. So against his better wishes, he sucks it up and decides to go. So, okay. I was going to get into this a little deeper into the chapter, but mm -hmm. how did he garner this invite? Like, if it came to the mayor's office, mm -hmm. why did they pick him? Well, if it came to him personally, why? How? We don't know what his exact job at the mayor's office is, just that no, he works don't. for the mayor's office. It's possible that it was a blanket invite to everyone at the mayor's office. And so it's just kind of expected that he'll go. I guess. He didn't he mention also, having co-workers at the party, He though. also might have a prestigious job at the mayor's office. We also don't know that. Uh, okay, the, fair enough. There, It's very possible that it was a specific invite to him because of whatever position he has. It just seems unusual to send someone to a party who clearly does not want to go to this party. It's also possible that a supervisor or a boss or the mayor themselves was invited to this party and did not want to go and fobbed it off on some <laughs> faceless factotum to just go <laughs> and be the representative who does not want to be there, but like is so low on the org chart that they can't really say no. <laughs> like that's also possible. That's also possible. Because the nightmare, mm -hmm. which, okay, if there is a nightmare, is mm -hmm. there also a day mayor? Maybe. Is this like a weird, like, a parent slash a culture? That's what they call them, a cultures. Mm -hmm. Is this like a weird, like, dichotomy? It of could like be. a day mayor and a nightmare? Or is it simply a play on nightmare? Well, probably both, I would <laughs> guess. It's very possible that the nightmare is like the representative of the a culture and that there's like an apparent mayor as well who's responsible for all the non-magical things. That would make sense. Especially because, as we learn in this chapter, people who are in the culture don't necessarily understand how the mundane world works very well because mm -hmm. they're so up in their magic. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little ahead of ourselves, but it at is. the party, the power goes out. No one knows how to deal with it. Someone literally asks, does somebody know where the power is kept? Right? Someone's like, what of our scientific inclined friends? And I was like, okay, you live in a giant mansion with electricity and no one bothered to learn 
how it works but at all. But I mean, in fairness, Theodore probably doesn't understand exactly how all the magic stuff works. If something magical broke down at the office, he'd probably have to call the magic IT guy. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. The MT guy? The, the MT guy. Yeah. The magic technology Magic guy. technologies? That is getting a little ahead of ourselves. He He's invited to this party because they're celebrating Samhain. Yes. Um, if you aren't familiar with what Samhain is, it is November 1st, and it is more of like a pagan version of Halloween. Um, and parties for Samhain generally start on the evening of the 31st, so it's often conflated with Halloween. That makes sense. Yeah. I was going to say, it's not Halloween, or they would have called it Halloween. Um, <laughs> Halloween kind of borrows a lot from Samhain, though. There's the idea that uh, like, there's kind of a thinness between the worlds on that particular day, so like the spirit world's a little more active. People often go to like masquerades. There's, yeah. there's a certain uh, aspect of that to a lot of the older traditions as well. Um, so th there's there's definite overlap there. Halloween probably almost certainly ripped off a bunch of stuff from Sam Hain. Oh, oh um, <laughs> but that's kind of what this party is, and that's why it seems very Halloweeny as yeah. well. Felt very Halloweeny, but I knew it wasn't. So much so that Theodore shows up without a costume and kind of gets cornered by a demon at one point who's like, oh, you look like you don't belong. Here's a some drunk cat demon. Oh, yeah. Here's be... some cat ears. I'm going to draw a cat face on your face. And there I did it. I fixed you. <laughs> and... Goodbye. Uh, Theodore hates this. <laughs> yes. He well, thinks he looks ridiculous. Theodore has hated everything so far, except maybe some of the delicious sandwiches. Yeah, he's definitely enjoying those sandwiches. All I know about Theodore thus far is that he is cranky, mm -hmm. he is rather antisocial, and he makes really terrible jokes. Yes. They're mostly puns and not good ones. No. They're very bad. Yes. Yes. So as we mentioned, like after he gets in this costume, the power goes out and he kind of volunteers himself to go down and actually like flip on the fuses. I actually felt it was more like an eye roll, like, ugh, fine, the token human will go do the thing. And he does and is promptly murdered for it. He gets the power back on, he goes to test a lamp, and that's basically the last thing in right? his life. And then everything goes dark, and end of chapter. And I was yeah. like, oh, see? And that's where, like, it's... There's your cold open. There's your cold open in the darkness. And then the movie theme song. Sting. Yeah, the opening credits. <laughs> theme song. Uh, yeah. So this is an interesting chapter because it definitely, like, I will say, despite the fact there's not a lot of specific description in this chapter about, like, the mansion, about uh, a lot of the the party goers, I had a very vivid image in my mind of what this mansion looked like, of what the party looked like. And that intrigued me <laughs> that it just, it leapt into my mind fully formed. And maybe that's just because I'm familiar with a lot of like the tropes about urban fantasy and such. I'm going to suggest that that's what they were trying to do. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. You don't have to paint a very detailed picture with something that's a really, really common trope. Sure. Right? Big party, <laughs> October 31st, giant mansion. Everyone has a picture in their head of what that looks like. Oh, and, and it's a costume party. probably all very similar. And it's a costume party. Right? But exactly. But it also happens to be that fabulously dressed fairies and tastefully dressed vampires and charming demons and really kind of brooding and gothy trolls all happen to be there as well. Yeah. But you could just slot that in and then you know exactly what it looks like. Right? Yep. Yeah. For sure. I liked it. The world building has happened. Correct. It's happening for me. And so I think successful cold open, if you ask me. 
For sure. And I think the sense of humor of this book is going to land with me. I have a good feeling. I also like that we start with Theodore, not Timothy, <laughs> as he's misnamed um, by his boss. The fact that his boss calls him Timothy. Uh, and in fact, it, it, I believe the exchange, as I recall, is, listen, Timothy, uh, it's Theodore. Are you sure? Yeah, you sure? <laughs> like he looks like a Timothy? <laughs> Pretty sure. But I like that we start with him because it means that we don't need to worry about getting like an exposition dump about his backstory later on mm -hmm. because we just, we get him, we get his murder. When we meet him again as a ghost, we've got all that context. Yeah. It's like, okay, we got it. This doesn't need to be explained. No, we're on it. We're right there with you. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a brief period while I was reading through this chapter where I was like, oh, I think he's the only apparent at this party. Yeah, it's implied that might be the case. Which led me to believe, I'm like, oh no, is he like the sacrifice or something? Like the idea occurred to me, but nothing else in this chapter was leading me in that direction. I mean, the uh, the blurb on the back of the book does say that uh, with bodies stacking up and the case leading them to mysteries at the very heart of magical society, maybe he was being set up as a sacrifice. Maybe, but I don't know. Turning off the lights and sending the lone human down and then like conking him on the head... Uh, it doesn't feel right. He didn't wake up on like an altar. Yeah, but if he was somewhere. conked on the head, he might not have woken up. Still, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't feel the book was leading me in that direction. Well, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. I if mean, there I is, could be wrong. I've been wrong so many times. If there was something untoward going on with it. His, his murder does remain unsolved six years later, so. Right? Assuming that six years later is the present. Yeah. But I guess we'll find out more as we get into chapter two of our novel, which yes. you're going to want to read up on in time for next week. As always, you can give us a little rating and review on your podcatcher of choice because that helps us out. Yes. We appreciate it a great deal. We absolutely do. You can also uh, reach out to us via social media. Yes. We are on X, which used to be Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Goodreads, and now Blue Sky. We're at The Read Along at most of those. You can also send us an email. Yes. We are TheReadalong at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, we love you very much, and we'll see you next time. Magical Mysteries. Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com.